This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Mallard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Mallard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Good evening. Of course, I know some people listen during the morning and afternoon. Eh. I hope you're having a good day. Three strangers moving in a different different directions find themselves in a small town in the middle of Ohio. A force reeling them in like a needle drawn to the north on a compass. They are powerless to stray from the impending convergence. They must take their stand against good versus evil. But what happens if good wears the face or the evil wears the face of good? Life life is the blood of the macabre tale to transform into love freedom and human Ooh. must read novel by my friend Daniel Belts who will be coming on the show the first Tuesday in February so there's another week still my guest tonight let's flip that page literally pages look out folks <laughs> I said flip <laughs> technology's great here we go <laughs> my guest tonight is Jeannie Thompson she is the former fortune 50 executive author speaker transformative coach evidence-based psycho psychotherapist in her spare time, she finds time to sleep. Jeannie believes that something beautiful starts when life challenges mount and your plans fall apart. You become open to exploring and expanding your understanding of wisdom and solutions that simply may not have been available when you... Oh, good grief. I did read this earlier. I swear. <laughs> when you're convinced that all you have all the answers. Jeannie, welcome to the night show. Thank you. So you do sleep in your spare time. I do indeed <laughs> sleep. I love to sleep. <laughs> so I kind of hit a little bit of you, but give me a little bit more. What I mean, that's that's quite a range of things there. So give me a little bit more here. So <laughs> which came first, the chicken or the egg? So you were an executive first, I'm assuming? Uh, actually, no. Uh, my first 10 years, I was uh, an evidence-based psychotherapist. Uh, treating anxiety disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, etc., um, from a research and science perspective. Then I, uh, the next 12 years, I went into business. I led high potential and leadership development programs, um, became uh, the head of international HR and a Fortune 50 executive, helping um a couple of companies open up their brick-and-mortar stores uh, across the world. And then after 12 years, I left and I decided uh, to pursue 
um, the world of learn and explore, I should say, rather, the world of energy. So um, it has been quite a journey from <laughs> evidence-based when I thought that anything like energy work or Reiki or psychic skills or yoga or all of that stuff that I used to make fun of, uh, life had a good giggle. <laughs> and sometimes say, we just get brought right to our lap the very thing that we're sure we don't need. So basically, my own nine one one led me on that journey, and and I can share some of that. I was going um, to say that uh, you, met, you mentioned nine one one. I didn't read that in the intro. That nine one one from your soul was came out. What is that? September. So it's still fairly new. Um, yes. So give me a little bit about that before we, because like I said, if I don't do this now. Yeah, I'm scared we'll get too far gone. All right, let's do it. Well, listen, uh, 911 from your soul is uh, a phrase I coined based on my own life experience. And I think for all of your listeners right now, we all receive a whisper (laughs) or maybe a brick or two when our soul is ready for growth. And that was true for me, too. There's always clues. Like I was uh, in Mexico before mine happened, and I was talking with my girlfriend, and I said out loud, you know, when the kids graduate from high school, I'm, I'm going to leave this, this job. And I was referring to my international executive role. And I just about dropped my cocktail on the floor because I, I loved, loved, loved my job. I loved the company I worked for. Uh, I loved traveling around the world. I loved the lifestyle that it provided for my family. I knew I didn't want to travel two to 300,000 miles a year anymore or for forever, but I was still surprised to hear myself say that. It's like something spoke through me. And uh, sure enough, um, Fast forward a year later, I came home from a a trip from China, and the CEO called me into the office and said, hey, we came up with this great plan, and we're going to offer voluntary severance packages to nearly all 4,000 corporate team members, and uh, we need you to help execute this. And I thought, oh, my gosh, (laughs) this is crazy. Why would we offer rich buyout packages to help people leave. Um, and we have 14 days to decide, and I wasn't planning on taking it. Uh, but something spoke to me in those 14 days, and I just knew. Like, I knew it was my time for a change. So I took the leap, and uh, and I left. And I began this search to figure out why was I successful yet so unfulfilled? Why had I followed all the rules and I was supposed to be happy? My life looked great from the outside, um, but something was missing. And that search led me to uh, becoming a Reiki master and certified yoga teacher and learning all I could about energy work and soul. And I knew that that was what I was meant to do next. But the problem was I got scared. <laughs> I didn't think in my coaching business other other leaders and individuals were ready to work with um, both science and soul. 
the power of the visible and the invisible. So I hid out and played small. And Jim, for all of us, when we when we start playing small in our life or we live in half congruence, uh, things don't go very well. And I almost tanked my business and created some financial stress. And ultimately, um, it led to me creating these seven key principles that are the, it's called the soul solution, but they're the basis of 911 from your soul. They really are a, a, a daily blueprint for all of us um, to figure out how do we actually live the greater truth of who we are? Um, because I believe that we are both human and um, divine or whatever you want to call it, inner genius. Aristotle called it entelechy. It's the entelechy of an acorn seed to become an oak tree. Um, we all have an entelechy too. So this book kind of helps you step into a, a greater sense of meaning and joy and purpose and, and power in your life. So I want to dive back. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a really long <laughs> intro. My gosh. No, 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 that's good, though, because now we have enough to chew on for a few minutes here. But that transition, right? Yeah. From how, how did, like you said, you had a family. So how did they take this uh React. I mean, obviously you had a buyout, so it wasn't like you were just, hey, we're going to go be a beach bum. But nevertheless, there's some fear and trepidation of how things are going to go. Plus yeah. all the un, unnormal, that's not a word. I don't want to say paranormal things that you were talking about doing. But <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, listen, my children were pretty young when I left my executive position and decided to... Uh, take the buyout and go on this sabbatical for a year. So they actually were really supportive. Um, it was nice to have mom not in a plane so frequently, even though they love staying with grandma or, or their dad when I was gone. But it was nice to have me home. So my friends were supportive. Everyone else thought I was crazy. Uh, you I was going to say, but there has to be somebody who sat you down yeah, and said. Yeah, everybody did. You know, here you have what looks like the perfect life. Fortune 50 job, the uh, the accoutrements um, that go with, uh, you know, that kind of um, success and that role. And yet it, it wasn't making me happy. As I said, I was successful yet unfulfilled. But other people said, stop it. Just be grateful and stay where you are. You're crazy. You don't have a plan. You do not have a plan for your life. And it was true. When I took the package, I'm like, I knew I'd probably uh, wanted to open a coaching business. But honestly, I, it wasn't well formulated. And it seemed like a great idea initially. But after I took the buyout, then it kind of settled in. It's like, Thompson, what did you just do? Like you... you <laughs> You left a great job. You have no clue what you're doing. And it's um, it's scary when your uh, familiar identity um, gets shaken, right? I didn't realize how much my job was um, part of my identity at the time. So that was part of the 911 too. It's like, who in the heck am I now? Who am I growing up to be? 
um, what's going to be meaningful and matter and yeah, so there was all sorts of questions surrounding it by my loved ones, financial advisors, you know, <laughs> the average person thought it was a, a dumb, dumb decision. Well, but, like, but, but, okay, no, I'm playing, man, you're putting me on the backwards train of my normal course of thought here. Jeez, I don't like this. Normally, I'm saying, oh, yes, spiritual, great. But at least if you, because you're creating a coaching business, you were as significant executive i mean there is legitimacy to coaching on a how do i say this politely black and white level like you do have some expertise to help people plus being a psychotherapist i mean like the ducks in a row do add up to somebody who could help somebody for sure you know i yes absolutely i mean having been a therapist for a decade i developed a deep understanding of human behavior and um, how to work with limiting beliefs and the subconscious. Um, so that was a good background, certainly. Having tangible, grounded business experience, and I love business. That was, um, you know, extraordinarily helpful as well. I think where I got stuck, Jim, is that most of my life as a therapist and as an executive, I was really what I would call science-based, what was best practices, what was proven, etc. That kind of coaching I could do in my sleep. When I was on my sabbatical and I went on this great search to figure out who I was and what I was going to do with my life, that's when I really started delving into spiritual growth, spiritual awareness, the power of the invisible, um, that's the piece that uh, I was shying away from practicing out loud because I didn't think uh, global and corporate leaders were ready for the soul side of the equation. I knew they were ready for the science and the best practices, but it, so I kind of hid out for a number of years. And that was not doing anybody, uh, myself included, a favor because so many people nowadays are are struggling they had either have that same feeling that i did that you know they've had a level of success and yet something's missing but they have no clue what it is or maybe they're some aspect of their identity has been shaken or stripped away they had a health um challenge or crisis or a relationship or career issues and our traditional problem solving and best practices just aren't expansive enough they do not include teaching us how to tap into the true power that we really are so this is where it gets fun. I was at a CEO summit this morning for charter schools. And I'm not mm-hmm. a charter school CEO, just for the record. But I was invited and I went. So anyways, we, the one one person was talking about burnout of employees, which, I mean, post-COVID, I think teachers are stressed and I yeah, get it. Um, but I think that's part of which, where you're headed, right? I mean, these people want something spiritually now, if it's religion or any any of these big ball of wax things something 
will fill that gap. Hopefully something positive, but yeah, well, I think we're seeing it everywhere. It has been a pretty challenging several years, right? Even if people have got stability in their life, minimally they're seeing heightened division, you know, across the globe. We're seeing more climatic changes, uh, burnout, violence. It goes, the list goes on and on, but I think what's happening, Jim, is that we've been spoon-fed from birth that there are certain things that are, quote, success, end of quote, right? You know, work hard, get a good job, have the stuff, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But what we're actually not taught is that... uh we're not taught how to develop a relationship with ourselves and to figure out like what is actually sacred for us or use the word precious for us. Like what really is precious for you in your life and how are you tending to that? Because most of us, many people that I work with, they're, man, they're juggling a lot day jobs and night jobs and family and, you know, a lot. Well, I, I've been hearing this conversation about people aren't connecting the way they used to either. See more. And how that dynamic's changing because of, well, the traditional social clubs mm-hmm. are declining. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are in Facebook groups and not being out together. So how is, I mean, that has to leave people looking for something else also. Or am I putting words in your mouth? <laughs> um, no, I think, I think that that can be one element of many, right? There's, there is less social connection um, over the last years that has been forced, you know, at some level. But I also think... People now are just actually um, really on this search for what's going to make my life meaningful. <laughs> you know, I hear people say all the time, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe it's almost February. Oh, my gosh, I cannot believe how fast this year went. Like the time is speeded up. And depending upon what you believe, uh uh, energetically, it, might, it may be more speeded up, or the perception of it is, nonetheless. But they're wondering, is how I live every day, like if this was it, is this enough? That's a good question. Okay, so besides buying your book, say, yeah. say you're somebody out there listening tonight, get them on the path to trying to figure this mess out, because it can be messy (laughs) it it absolutely can be messy so there's a couple of things that i think actually need to happen one is we've got to spend some time inward (laughs) and what i mean by that is most of us were taught that when we have a problem you go outward go out to an expert go out to 
a class, go out to IT. I'm going to stop you right now. This is counterintuitive advice, people, because she's a coach and she should be wanting to hire you. Go hire her. I know. I know. (laughs) That's the thing about me. I'm a straight shooter, Jim. Well, I just want to point that out to people out there who say, sometimes your shows are just big sales pitches. Well, this one isn't. Okay, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) No, so here's the deal. I'm a beauty of the and girl. There, are, I love soul, and even though I think science is lagging, I do appreciate some of the modern science and quantum stuff. Um, I think we got to strike a balance between play and work, you know, rest and productivity, personal and professional. I would say we need a balance between outward, going out to professionals, I think we've over-indexed on this. Whenever we have an issue, it's like, oh, I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to go ask an, ask an an expert. Well, the there's one expert that will always be the best source in your life, and that's actually yourself. And that is what we've lost touch on. We're on this great search for what's missing. We're actually searching for ourselves, for the for our higher nature. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it soul. You can call it consciousness. I used the word entelechy before because um, I think that's a great example. We're all coded to evolve. It's the entelechy of a caterpillar to become a butterfly, acorn seed to become an oak tree. And nature never gets confused. An acorn seed never, ever, ever becomes a willow tree. A caterpillar doesn't turn into a squirrel. Like we are, you too are coded for a seed of potential and possibility that rests within. And only you really know your, your answers. So you said, well, let's get people started on this. One (laughs) It's simple, though it is not going to feel easy. So I'm going to give that caveat. But one simple practice is the practice of stillness. I'd love for your listeners every day. Let's just start out once a day for 30 seconds. And I don't care how busy you are. I get busy. I've been very busy. We can do this. (laughs) 30 seconds to two minutes. I want you to close your eyes. Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and just breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Now, what happens when we do that is we need to get out of our head. We have three brains, our head, our heart, and our gut. And most of us were taught our head's got the answer. But our head is full of 70,000 thoughts a day. And if you want to find your answers they're already within you. We need to shift your awareness from that busy brain to what I call your wisdom centers, your heart center. So think about the area of your chest, your heart, and one hand on belly. When you touch your body, we follow touch in the body. So just touch hand on heart, hand on belly, close your eyes, in through your nose, and a big exhale through your mouth. And just do that for 30 seconds to two minutes. Now listen, if you're like me, you're going to have a gajillion reasons why you can't do it. 
You can't sit still. You're too busy. Your mind won't be quiet. That's okay. Those are all actually just narratives. We've trained ourselves out of our most basic nature, which is being still. So at least once a day, practice that. If your mind starts going, oh my gosh, I got to make this call. I got to pick up the kids. I got to get this project done. I got to die. You know, if your mind kicks in, I want you to simply in your mind say noted and then retouch. That practice does two things. Number one, instantaneously, we actually do know from science, it'll kick in your calming and relaxing states called a parasympathetic response, but um, you will feel less stressed instantaneously. And two, as you start to extend the time that you are still, you get access to what I call your inner genius. Every single one of your listeners right now has an inner genius who knows, knows your answers, your pathways, where you're going to go, why you're going to go there, um, what will serve you best in life. So that's one very tangible practice that your listeners can begin starting tonight or tomorrow morning or whenever they listen to this show. So I'm going to get into this a little bit deeper because that voice of the inner genius. Now yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to be the skeptical guy here and saying, how do I know that isn't me just bullshitting myself? Yep. So here's one way. First of all, thank you for the uh, straight up question <laughs> because here, here's the truth. Everybody else wonders that too. And my clients ask me that too. How do I know? How do I know? First of all, there is, um, lots of ways that that inner genius will speak. But first and foremost, here's the key way you know. It's always what I call loved-based. So what I mean by that is in our 70,000 thoughts a day, there's really only two buckets. There's a fear bucket that sounds like jealousy, anger, frustration, everything's falling apart, I'm on my own, separation. That's what the fear bucket sounds like. The love bucket, the soul's voice, always sounds like, you got this. You can do this. You know how to do hard things. Go ahead. You got this. You're stronger than you think. It's about empowerment. It is what we call generative. It is of compassion. So, Typically, when our inner critic is kicking up, Jim, it's beating us up. Oh, why did I say this? I should have done that. You idiot. You know, da-da-da-da-da. You've listened to me after my show a few times. Okay. Right. We all have that. I have that inner critic, too. But that isn't the truth of who we are. That voice is what I call our, our, our human nature. Our human nature is full of of criticism and biases and the filters. You know, think of commercialization. Every time you turn on the TV, they essentially tell you you're not enough. Every commercial says you're not enough. Now, they don't use those words, but what they will say is you need to be on this diet, you need to exercise, you need to buy different clothes, you don't have the right retirement. You, I mean, literally, it's 
filled full of messages that that's why so many people, the number one limiting belief is I'm not enough. I'm too short, too small, too big, you know, too large, too much, not enough. (laughs) I mean, it's just not enough. That's the voice of kind of our conditioned mind. The voice of soul might sound like, go check this out. (laughs) Go explore this. The voice of soul might feel like um, goosebumps. Like maybe you read a quote or somebody says something and all of a sudden your body, we call it resonance, body resonance, but goosebumps usually means like, ah, ah, that clicks for me because our body truth always precedes our mind lies. Our mind can tell stories, but our, our body knows better. Uh, you know, a way soul speaks to you is through numbers. You might see one 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 three 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 two two four four seven seven seven. You know, so there's numbers carry um, an ancient geometry meaning, and you literally, if you if you say, "Gosh, Janine, I never thought about it, but I I see three 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 all the time on my clock, or four four, or twelve twelve." Literally, type in type in the number and. Um, you will see what it what it means on the internet. They each have meanings. You get it through dreams. You get it through um, nature. Nature is. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking. Sometimes it's numbers. Sometimes it's animals. Yes, absolutely. Certain animals. Thank you for saying yeah. that. Animals. Certain animals might cross your path that day and look up. You know. Look up animal totem. If you see a deer, literally, when you're out for a walk, kind of stopping and staring at you, go type in meaning of deer totem, T-O-T-E-M, or whatever the animal is. So soul has, because each of us, nearly 8 billion, um, I call lights in the world, we're all wired differently. So your soul or your inner genius is going to speak differently, but it's going to speak to you in a way that matters to you. Like, I love being in nature. When I'm in nature, uh, I've got a forest nearby where I wrote the book. I live on water. When I'm in nature, I, I lose my busy mind, that critical mind that doesn't seem to, <laughs> to stop or shut up in some moments. Um, and it's just freeing. And all of a sudden, when my mind softens and empties, and this will happen for your listeners, maybe in that moment, or maybe that night, or maybe two days later, all of a sudden they're going, ah, I know what to do. And your answers start to bubble up. They're, it's already inside of us. Like we already, there's a part of us that already knows the way. It's just that we're conditioned to go outside. We're conditioned to go to the expert. We're conditioned to let the 70,000 thoughts play on repeat and get in our way. That's why stillness is the number one thing you can do. We've got to start creating space to quiet 
that busy mind of ours so we can actually hear our inner genius speak. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Shifting Gears brought to you by evergreenpodcast.com. Shifting Gears brought to you by evergreenpodcast.com. Okay, so now I'm going to triple into this, I think. I think I doubled into it before. If not, well, anyways. So somebody finds themselves in the position where you were. Thinking, yeah. Thinking that it's time for a change. But, you know, on that rocking chair, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So give, talk to that, because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there tonight who are like, because the world has changed, and people have changed how they're looking at the world. And there probably are a lot more people in your position than we're even realizing at this point. So walk me through some of how they need to, I don't want to say safely, but because you said when you when you slowed down and it wasn't great, but as safely as safe could be, maybe. Yeah. Well, listen, I think had I, this is why I wrote the book. <laughs> had I, honestly, had I known these seven principles, and in my book I've got a practice that says, here you go. This is, had I had this roadmap, it would have been a lot, lot easier, right? And so if, if they want to know, the first thing I want them to do, like if they're getting whispers going, oh my gosh, that's me. Truth is, I'm not so happy in my life. Even if other people think I am, I'm not. And I'm a little bit worried if if I don't make, you know, something. I need to understand this because I don't want to have regrets. I do not want to have any regrets and I don't want to leave anything on the table, you know. And so if that is you right now, first of all, yay. Honestly, I'm telling you that the yearning or a challenge or even a crisis, I promise you, will become one of the greatest invitations in your life. It is, it's literally masquerading in the details of whatever, the job being challenging or your health, your body saying, hey, I need some attention here. Um, whatever it is, please understand that I actually think it's a love note from, from your higher self saying, listen, we've still got time. <laughs> Let's do this and, um, and honor yourself and say, okay, how I'm going to start creating some space whether I do it quietly, I'm going to start. I'm, I am going to commit to that 30 seconds to two minutes a day. I can do that. Maybe I'll make a date with nature. Maybe I'm a runner. And when I have a freeing run and I empty my mind, maybe I'm a dancer. Maybe I like to write. And I'm just going to write and write and write. Number one, honor it. And know now that there is actually really good information out there that can ease the, the pathway. I, I find it funny because you, you were, I read it in your bio about how at the the worst possible moment is the moment that pivots and changes everything. It does. <laughs> That's why I said it. it. It's masquerading. It seems like, like, you know, literally when I woke up and I thought, what in the world did I just do? Like, I just blew up my life. Like, who does that? Why would you do that? You know? And uh, and listen, were there some bumpy and challenging days? Yes, there was. 
But I will tell you this, it led me, here's the truth. When life throws us a challenge, we become more open to a new way. Years ago, as an evidence-based psychotherapist, and in my early years of being an executive, not not my later years, because I was already a Reiki master by then, but in my early years, I um, I made fun of these things. I'm like, what do you mean, you know, we have this, like, this power within us, you know? I was, I kind of believed powers outside of us. Um, and so... Yeah, it it really becomes this turning point. I became open. I wouldn't have explored Reiki and yoga in my 20s and 30s because I was closed. My current strategies were working great. So why mess with it, right? (laughs) You know, that's how a lot of people are. And so um, this is an opportunity to learn more about themselves, to tap into. Now, by the way, I still, I'm a coach, I still see a coach myself. I think it's helpful to have an outside sounding board, somebody who's got expertise in things you don't know. I still believe in that. It's what I do. And, 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 and. And make sure you work with somebody who understands that the greatest source of power and answers is actually yourself. Now, I'm... I'm well, you're going to hate me after I say this. You say, Coach, I had a conversation about having a mentor. Six and one half dozen together. Don't feel like, don't get caught on the verb, the verbiage here, folks. Listen to, yes, it's good to have somebody else to bounce ideas off of. But sometimes you need to listen to yourself. I think that's true. Um, where I, but I do think, well, and that, I have to say you're, this You're allowed still. to have your opinion. That's yeah. what yeah. <laughs> so I have you on, so I'm not sitting here slumming uphill. And... Yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. I actually do think, and, and I think this is actually an important discernment. Um, if you are going to do the and and say, you know what? I'm going to honor this restlessness, this whatever's going on with me, and I do want to partner in this. Make sure that you're actually working with somebody who is qualified and has been there before. And um, because there is, a, to me, there is a ginormous difference. I've also, you know, mentored people in their careers. Um, but I have like a deep expertise in, in work, in actually understanding how you unravel, integrate, and create new beliefs, how you unleash the power of your inner genius. Like I've got methodologies. So I just want to, I always want to be mindful of that with your listeners. I think that, um, and that's true of all fields, by the way. I would have said that when I was a psychotherapist. I would have said it when I was a leader. Like, you know, just do your diligence and make sure, A, you connect with the person you do do happen to like them um, uh, or appreciate their energy, but but make sure that they've got um, expertise in what you actually want help with. Now, Germantown Runner, I, I should fire you because I read the, the shifting gears. Now you want me to really shift gears. He wants me to <laughs> ask you about, in layman's terms, can you explain what a Reiki master is? 
Sure. <laughs> Layman's turn. So here's how I would think about this in a, in a, in a simpler way. We have, everything is energy. <laughs> and we are energy too. So most people think there are seven energy centers, top of your head, think of the third eye, kind of like between your eyebrows, uh, in your sacral area, in your root area, belly area, throat area, etc. I happen to believe there are more than that, but for easiest um, way to understand this is, is that we have these energy centers. If we take your throat chakra, for example, when it's out of balance, one of two things could be happening. You could be not speaking your voice at all. Let's say that you're in a tense situation with somebody, but you just go quiet. You don't speak your voice. Your energy center would be out of balance. Some people overspeak. They've just got an excess of energy and anger or sadness or whatever it is built up and they're speaking too much. Either way, it's out of balance. So in the practice of Reiki, it is kind of like if any of your listeners have had acupuncture before working with the meridians, instead of those little needles, a Reiki master um, through the use of symbols in their hands can help move and restore and stabilize energy in the body. So I think about it as being bringing energy uh, into harmony throughout the body. So you mentioned everything's energy. How, when, did, when did that come to you? I'm, I'm sure when you had the science going on and studying. It was not part of that. Trust me. In graduate <laughs> That's school, what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to figure out where this light bulb went on. <laughs> yeah. The light bulb first went on, actually. That's why I talked about when I left my Fortune 50 job, I went um, I went on this great search and my girlfriend, how it really started was my girlfriend had been bothering me for three years to go to yoga with her. And I said, absolutely not. This type A gal, there's no way I can be sitting on a yoga mat. I all twisted up like I had all these wrong myths in my head. But in our 70,000 thoughts, we create a lot of stories every day. And I had a lot of false stories, but, but here I was on sabbatical, and I had no excuses. I had no busyness. <laughs> I could not not go. So I went to my first yoga class, and I felt my inner critic was on high alert. I felt incompetent. I didn't know what the Sanskrit words were. I'm terribly inflexible. I just thought, oh, my gosh. But she bribed me with really good wine, so <laughs> I said I'd go. So I went to my first class, and I kid you not, after that first class, the teacher came up to me and she said, someday you're going to be up here teaching this class. And I got into the car with my girlfriend, Renita, and I was laughing so hard I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, oh, my God, did she see me? Like, I am so inflexible. I didn't like this class. I didn't know what I was doing. But nonetheless, I showed up the next week and the next week. See, that's what soul does is sometimes... You don't feel ready for something, but you have like this magnetic pull. I couldn't explain it. I kept showing up each week. And literally within 
gosh, it must have been a couple of months, I signed up for a year-long yoga teacher training. But it was during that time that I came to learn. Like in graduate school, we talked about mind and body pretty much 37 years ago. In yoga, we talked about the union of mind, body, and spirit. And that's actually what led me on this path about, huh, what is spirit? What is energy? And then after I did my yoga training, I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I am going to become a Reiki master. And and that our ability to, to generate energy or change energy in our body is incredible. So that's how I got there, Jim, was um, I call it a divine synchronicity. I wouldn't have chosen, trust me, after three years of denying this class. I think the universe sets us up sometimes in the best possible way. You get a call you think you're not ready for, you don't want to do, but you go. And then all of a sudden, another door gets open for you. And it's something we couldn't have created on our own. See, I think we're co I think we're co-creative agents here in this dimension. Uh, we like to, and we stress ourselves out saying, I got to make this happen. I got to do this. I got to do this. One of my greatest lessons on this 57 years of this lifetime thus far is that I used to say I a lot. I have to make this happen. It's up to me. I was a single mom. It's like, I got to do this. I got to do that. And um, now when I look back, I can see so clearly that there were so many synchronicities along the way, Jim, that I, I would have never imagined, would have never set up, would have never pursued on my own accord. I'm, I'm just stuck in this motion. Okay. So normally we talk about paranormal things here, right? I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Spiritual, all the fun stuff. So talk to me about like ghosts and spirits. The, you say everything's energy, so I'm, I'm interested in your take on that. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go somewhere slightly different and then we'll come, we'll, I'll circle back to You're taking me for a walk around the park. Okay, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) So first of all, I mean, you know, and you'll probably be correcting me because I am not the expert that you are, but you know, I think of, I think everybody, I think a paranormal, normal being, um, uh, supernatural, right? And, And if you think, so if we just think about what I said about being human and divine, I think we're souls traversing in a temporary wonder suit of a body. We have everyone on this phone line or whatever we call this on this show, (laughs) sorry, has psychic skills, right? And, And you've had experiences with it before. I'm sure your listeners at one point in their life had some sort of thought. Like even um, I should grab this at the store and then they get home and it's like, mm, no, I don't need this. You don't buy it in the store. You get home and it's like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed. Or they... Um, Every single part of them, they're driving in their car, and the MapQuest directions say 
turn left and they're like, mm, think I should turn right. Think I should turn right. But because, because the device and the, and the expert map quest said, turn a certain way you do. And you go, oh, I knew it. I knew I should have. I knew that. Somewhere in your life, I want you to think of an example where you knew something in advance. You didn't have any logic or facts to back it up, but you, you just knew it. We call it four sense. You sense, you know, uh, either what's going to happen in the future or you, you just have this knowing. People have that all the time. You walk into a, like you'd say you're walking into your home with a loved one or even a business meeting and uh, you say, how are you? And they go, fine. And you're like, oh, so not fine. Even if they've planted a smile on their face, you're attuned to their energy. You're like, nope, something's off here. People could be walking out of a meeting room at work and it's quiet. Not a person has spoken leaving that room and you're entering it to go to the next meeting, but that space feels heavy. It You can just sense, whoa, that last meeting did not go well. <laughs> we have all sorts of examples of ability to intuitively find the cause of problems that you didn't know. Or maybe you have an ability to see connections between things. Maybe you know something and nobody ever told you that before. Maybe you get downloads. I call them shower moments, you know, of, <laughs> of ideas, you know, that just pour in. That's all consciousness. I think people think of psychic skills as maybe woo-woo at times, and it's actually all skills that rest within us. We just need to, to be open to them. Um, okay. I think I took you somewhere you didn't want to go. But no, no. I, I, you're, you're fine. That's good. That's, um, now I want to take you somewhere you probably don't want to go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So everything, Why not? Everything's energy, right? So yeah. can, I, can I steal energy from you? I think that's for referred to as a psychic vampire, but we'll just keep it at the rudimentary level. Like, Oh, man. There's a lot of points of view on this, but I, I am I'm going asking to you. Me. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. That's where I'm headed. Here's my point of view. No. Now, if we, we can allow, both on a physical level, we can allow somebody's words, their attitudes, their choices, the way they look at us or interact with us, if we go, if we allow that external visible behavior to influence our mood, that is up to us. We've got to own our reaction to what's happening. Now, by the way, I'm not always excusing behavior. It might be really crappy behavior, but I don't think other people cause us to feel or think. That's our choice. I would say the same is true of energy. And I know their beliefs like, gosh, you've got to protect your energy. You have got to. I think that when, like, I fill my body every day 
with light. I think we are light beings. <laughs> and I literally imagine doing a source to source light exercise um, from the great central sun, top of my head, crown chakra, all the way through my entire body, every cell, every node, every tissue, every organ goes down through the bottom of my feet into the rich layers of the earth, activates what I call a crystalline grid. And then that comes back up through the bottom of my feet and pools in my heart. So every day I just see myself radiating love or light out of my heart in front of me, in back of me, above my head, below my head, to the left and to the right. Right? So if you think about it, minimally, sun is source. It keeps us alive. The earth is source. It keeps us alive. So I ground source to source, and I don't think that other people can, like, steal our energy. I think we allow our energy to be influenced by um, how much we, we, we give our power away. And let other people in our mind. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so maybe they aren't stealing it, but when they get in your mind, it kind of is somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. Because listen, Jim, if somebody said to you right now, right, you're in Pennsylvania, it's pitch dark out right now. But if somebody said to you, hey, Jim, you know what? It is it is the more, most, most gorgeous color of pink everywhere outside. It's daylight, but it's pink. And you would look at that person, you wouldn't give them an ounce of your energy, maybe other than to say, wow, it is so not pink out. I'm looking out the window, it's black. You wouldn't even think of twice. What happens is when somebody says something that triggers a sensitivity of our own not enoughness inside, then we, then we kind of allow our energy to be diminished we let them take up rent space in our head that they don't earn or deserve or need if we literally stood in our own truth and said it doesn't matter what they think i know the truth of who i am which takes a lot that's how i started earlier somewhere in our conversation <laughs> when i said when i said all of the number one belief is we're not enough that is true for everyone. I don't care if I'm working with a CEO. Um, I don't care if I am with um, a school-aged, you know, well, not school-aged children is not a, not a good example usually because children are pure until, until the world tells them, you know, that in some way they're not enough. And so, so that's what I think about energy. And we can, we can choose uh, to generate energy, there are higher vibrational thoughts. When we think thoughts of compassion, of love, of kindness, of generosity, we vibrate as energy higher. When we eat healthier food, we vibrate. When we dance, when we giggle, when we turn on a movie or read something like for you, probably when you go study paranormal stuff, you're in higher vibration because that makes you feel alive. It vibrates with you. When you allow somebody to 
somebody's comment or statement or whatever to, to hurt you and you've got it on repeat in your mind, that's going to lower your vibration. Does that make sense? So every day we can work with our own energy and there are so many simple shifts. Wake up in the morning. What's the first word you speak? What's the first thing you put in your mouth? Make sure they're love-based. Even if you wake up and you're tired and you got a lot going on, maybe just say, you know what? You got this. Instead of, holy crap, I don't know. You know? So love or fear. Let's just practice choosing love. The world isn't always so helpful in those ways, but maybe people can come back to this episode and keep drinking this in. And then you will you will generate and you will be the energy you want to be. Good stuff. Okay. I look at the clock and I've got like three minutes left and I've got two really good questions for you. Okay. I'm going to, I'll try and be quicker, Jim. Yeah. Well, these ones are easier and they're going to be quicker. Um, All right. You have a beautiful website. Tell people where they could find you in the books, the book and all that good stuff. Perfect. You can find me at janinethompson.net, J-E-A-N-I-N-E-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, janinethompson.net. And actually, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a note. <laughs> Tell me what you thought about this, some of your curiosities. You can find my book um, at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble. If you want to support your local bookstore, go in and tell them it's in the Ingram catalog. Um, it's a great blueprint for you, and it's something we all need right now is to remember the truth of of our inner genius, and let's crack this code and live our best life. And even if you're not willing to crack the code and want to go that deep, just remember, love is the answer. There. That's there. Thank you. That is a that's perfect. It is the answer, and in the book, it'll help you. Um, honestly, learn how to live that love more consistently with ourselves. We're often our own worst critic, you know? Okay, so last question. Buckle up. The hardest one of the night. You ready? Yeah. Favorite breakfast, food, meal, whatever. Oh, jeez. Well... That is such a good question. Um, so unprepared for it, too. I, I was unprepared for it. There are two very different things. One, pizza. I I do love pizza in the morning for breakfast. Are you going cold pizza or are you heating this back up? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a semi-heat. Okay. <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. Well, I agree with you on this. Not not scorching hot, but not like ice cold on the refrigerator. I got it. We're that's, good. That's that's yeah. <laughs> but I also love. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's muesli. I think it's it's European oatmeal, but it's got yummy yummy stuff in it, and that that's, that's my favorite. And then I always have a juice. I always have a fresh juice to make sure I vibrate well for the day. A- apple, orange, spinach ginger, lemon. So I'm a big juicer. So I always have a fresh juice in the morning. Well, hey, I appreciate you hanging out with me and uh, going off the, off the rails a little bit. Not too far <laughs> though. Uh, it was great <laughs> fun. I hope that uh, all of your listeners will, will uh, go set their alarm clock and engage in 30 seconds to two minutes of being with their breath. 
All right. And have a good Minnesota <laughs> evening. Stay warm. Thank you. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye. And there we go. Another good solid night of um, mind reflection. And that's what we do. I mean, uh, find interesting people and bring them on and get a lot of good stuff going. So I'm excited for that. i blown away yet again. So we're going to do this again next week. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.